Welcome to the Arts Report on Wednesday, December 4th. Today, we are going to learn a little bit about Jack and James at the Fire Hall and the ins and outs of improv. Everything you need to know about improv guaranteed to work 100% of the time from Caitlin and Aaron of Blind Tiger Comedy. Hey everyone, this is Megan, your host for December 4th on CITR 101.9. And uh, today we have two segments for you, Um, but first I wanted to give you a little bit of a recap of some of the stuff I did lately, because it's pretty great. Um, Actually, it's mostly things other people did, but I'm going to take credit for. Um, If you listened last week, uh, you heard one of our lovely art supporters, Danielle Piper, talk about Becky Shaw. And we have up, as of yesterday, her review and a Q&A with Aaron Carvin, who is the artistic director of Mitch and Murray Productions, as well as uh, Max gets uh, a lot of love from her review so you can check that out on citr.ca in the art support section if you can't find it on the front page and that is on through the 7th at uh, studio 16 and then the second part of the mitch and murray kind of two play festival that they're doing right now um it's called lungs and it's going to be on at havana um i think uh starting the 5th Anyway, MitchandMurrayProductions.com. You can check that out. Um, another thing, uh, Blank vs. TV, which is something that we covered on the Arts Report uh, a few months ago, which is the kind of 21st century update of Shakespeare and his contemporaries who are, you know, they're college kids now. They're, uh, you know, they're effing around, much like they were, I guess, at the time. Um, so they are... Uh, kind of going through college college times and there is a there they have their own twitter universe they have their own tv universe and now they have a radio universe because what they did was they cut together the audio in a radio friendly cut that is up on our podcast and is going to be happening again next week and then again in the new year so that's part of our arts project series so blank verse tv um they're at blank verse tv on twitter and you can follow them and the characters you know what is shakespeare tweeting about i feel like his stuff would be um very dirty um we have uh, ubc arts on Ares tonight and that is um the from the faculty of or rather the program uh critical studies and sexuality um chair and instructor dr janice stewart so if you're interested in gender race sexuality and social justice which i am and i make you be interested in because i always talk about it um she is also um part of the uh gender race sexuality kind of program and the critical studies and sexuality program um and she uh does a lot of studies on virginia wolf and emily carr so all that stuff coming up at six o'clock uh, after the show and finally i wanted to do a bit of a shout out to the zz theater workshop that just happened last week um zz theater and Hi- hardline productions bright blue future um, they had a reading, a dramatic reading, and uh, should be around as of March 2015. And this is not an official review, except to say that it was the first act was absolutely hilarious, and the second act was absolutely heart wrenching. Um, I hope they either keep the same actors or somehow find actors of the same caliber. They're all Studio 58 grads, except for one. Um, and it was um, four person show, really, really, really great, and. The performances were actually surprising. Like I almost didn't, I didn't miss the set. I didn't miss the blocking. Um, I thought it was really, really dramatic and um, spoke to, it, it speaks to like that thing of the millennials, which is actually applicable to all generations where you're coming out of say school, be it high school or college, and you're trying to figure out what to do next. And all of the opportunities seem to be taken up by others. And you have enough resources to kind of drift around, but you're not really sure what to do with them. It's kind of there's a certain a certain class, a certain generation of certain kind of area of people that it applies to. And it applied to me for sure. And I really, really loved it. So look out for Bright Blue Future from Hardline Productions. And um, 
ZZ Theater, Cam and Dave, they're actually going to be doing it. Cam will be curating. Uh, Kevin McKenzie curates the Club Push, which is happening, Push Festival in January. And um, the Dave DeVoe, he does the youth program and he does the human library. So lots of theater chops in that group. So ZZ Theater's Bright Blue feature was pretty good. Check it out, March 2015. I'll remind you because I'll still be here doing this. Feature on the show today, we uh, have already heard, if you tuned in right at the top of the hour because you were so ready to go, a little bit of uh, the soundtrack to one of the two solo acts of Jack and James that's happening at the Fire Hall starting tonight through the 7th. Very short run. And this is um, produced by uh, Jacques Poulain-Denis, and Caitlin will pronounce that correctly probably later for me um is cible de dieu or the radioette or um touch of god which is um the piece from jacques denise i'm going to put it on and we are going to talk a little bit about this piece So Jacques and James is an evening of two dance solos by Vancouver's Plastic Orchid Factory, that's James Nam, and Montreal's Grand Pony, which is uh, Jacques Poulain-Denis. And uh, Target of God is actually, this is its West Coast debut, and it's an interdisciplinary um, act. Uh, Jacques also has created the sound composition, as many, many other compositions and sound art, um, as well for the James piece. Um... The James piece by James Nunn, it actually is going over um, his experiences, memories, and kind of representation of his work through the Nutcracker. Now, James had performed over 300 performances of the Nutcracker and was very much a part of his growing up. He's working with Lee Soufay, who um, I interviewed last year at the Vancouver International Dance Festival, whose work and process very much tie into the idea of memory and um, perception. And then Jacques was looking, uh, his piece uh, definitely ties in with the point of Grand Pony being delusions of grandeur. And we talk about all this um, earlier today at the Fire Hall. Um, We start talking with James Nam about the Nutcracker and its influence on his work. James, I've seen your work before. I've seen Orchid Factory before. I was mm-hmm. there at Chunking and right. Post. Right. Um, and one of the things that you kind of talk about when you talk about the factory is a dialogue between our contemporary reality and our humanity. And right, one right. of the themes that seems to keep coming up, the idea of memory mm-hmm. and remembrance. Yeah. With, with James, um, I was sharing uh, a bunch of stories about my, my history and my relationship with the Nutcracker with Soufay and, uh, and she was able to arrange them and, and focus those stories through her practice and, and, and her questions. So yeah, the piece really began as, like a, as, as an exercise in memory and sharing, which kind of sits at you know, the, the center of my interests um, over the last few years. Uh, memory has been a, a big preoccupation of mine in uh, the last few pieces that I've made. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, in large part that has to do, uh, there's a few things that have kind of influenced that. Um, the, the biggest part is that, um, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a dancer and that's, a, that's, a, that's an oral tradition. So the form really lives in this, ex- this oral and kinesthetic exchange from generation to generation where it, doesn't, it isn't really written down and it's only recently living in other mediums. And so the practice and the form really lives in the bodies and the memories and imaginations of the people that are, are working with it. So yeah, we work with our bodies and, you know, that's a big part of the rigor. But I think more than anything else, dancers and dance artists are, uh, are memory artists or experience collectors, and that's really, you know, so uh, I, I have been digging into that and really allowing that to influence what, what I do. And it seems like people are only, even recently, surprisingly, really tapping into the power of sense memory and the mm-hmm. power of 
um, physical memory as mm -hmm. they actually as they actually go deeper into the right. actual functions of our consciousness. Right, right. Yeah, the connection between our bodies and our memory and uh, how they're not disconnected at all. And um, so that that's a that's a big part of um, the James solo as well. Is <clears throat> how do those memories live in my body? How does that affect uh, how I'm speaking? How I'm moving? What I'm doing? Um, so those were all. Those are all very um, uh, specific concerns of, of Soufais, and we incorporated that very much into the work. Now, 300 performances of the Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. Is that um, normal? <laughs> yeah, I think it is for, for North American ballet dancers. It's, it's really like a, it's a rite of passage for us more than anything else. Um, you know, it's a, it's a production that we participate in as children in the party scene and in the battle and then uh, as we grow up we, we start taking on roles with, with, a little, with a little more substance to it and then you know when you're, when you're in the midst of your career as a ballet dancer you're doing other things so it's this, real, it's this, uh, it's this piece that really um, is a big part of North American ballet culture for the, from the dancer's perspective but also from the public's perspective. So I think that's one of the main points of contact between the form and, and the communities that uh, it lives in. So it was foundational for you, but it's also kind of a foundational shared experience for ballet dancers. Absolutely. Well, ballet dancers in North America. In North America. Yeah, and that was something that Soufay and I both found quite interesting, is that it's a phenomenon that doesn't exist um, in Europe. Nutcracker really isn't a part of it. And uh, you know, it, uh, in large part, it has to do with the economics of of art and art making in North America and so for a lot of ballet companies these Nutcracker performances um, are, uh, are, are huge for revenue and so they can produce these shows like in, in Montreal at Le Grand Ballet we would perform 30 Nutcrackers every year and the revenue generated from that from those shows would go and fund all of the other productions for the year. Now, we'll come back to James in a few minutes, but we started to talk to Jack a little bit about Grand Pony, and as well, as you heard kind of in the background, there was some equipment that was being worked on, and we are going to talk a little bit about this very specific piece of equipment and how it has affected Jack's art, um, but first we talk a little bit about the uh, delusions of grandeur behind uh, Grand Pony. James, I've seen your work before. I've seen James, I've seen your work before. I've seen Orchid Factory before. Grand Pony. Now, one of the things that you mentioned on your website is that you highlight delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, well, I think delusions of grandeur, I'm really turned on by that notion because uh, I think of, as artists, most of us, in the dance world at least, or on, on my level, we're all trying to make a lot with little. Uh, we don't have a lot of money. Um, I mean, I've been very lucky with the resources that I have, but it's always to try to make something really incredible with just uh, a suitcase and, uh, you know, a couple props or a couple ideas. So that's kind of what I'm referring to with that statement, is that I'm trying to make something big, like a big impact with very simple means. Um, some oftentimes it's just talking, and there's a lot of talking with the uh, for me in my pieces, or trying to connect with the audience. That's a really important focus for me is this connection with the audience, 
description is talking about centering on a catastrophic transition seems pretty grandiose <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's what you're going for <laughs> kind of i mean i don't want it to be too pompous mm-hmm. uh, but in a way that's that's kind of the procedure you know we we have these opportunities to perform at a certain place so we have to make a piece and all these big ideas come and i always want it to be uh you know very
Um, James is James is created by James Nam and Sue Feli, and Target of God by uh, Jacques Poulain Denis, uh, as well as music by Jacques Poulain Denis and Beethoven. So good company, um, a very obvious pairing between the two, as you've heard. Um, and I have to sh- do a shout out to um, James Nam's uh, and Plastic Orchid Factory's lighting designer because. Uh, James Proudfoot always does amazing work, and um, it really adds to the piece. So he is an artist in his own right and deserves um, deserves credit. Um, I will be checking it out this very evening, so follow at CITR underscore Arts Report for um, my uh, uninformed reactionary reviews, as usual. Um, coming up next, Blind Tiger Comedy, you can find it at blindtigercomedy.ca, um, is a new comedy school starting up from the, the Sunday Service and Hit Bang, probably two of the funniest groups in, uh, in Vancouver, if not the world. It's a direct leap. Um, they will be talking about comedy. And they will be talking about what not to do in comedy. And they will be talking about how to behave just in life. Uh, and answering your questions. Um, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, Blind Tiger Comedy on CITR 101.9. Thank you to Jack and James. Check them out tonight at the Fire Hall Arts Center. I wish we had a safe place to play music. Yeah, and shows too. The Safe Amplification Site Society is a non-profit group dedicated to establishing a legal, affordable, all-ages venue for music and arts in Vancouver. For more information or to get involved, check out www.safeamp.org. Big Joy is a music festival that in its inaugural year will be showcasing current experimental acts in Vancouver. We're presenting four shows over three days, December 5th through the 7th. Presenting a broad spectrum of Vancouver's weirdo music scene, Big Joy will encompass everything from drone and harsh noise through to ambient and electronica. Tickets are available at your local record store. Please remember to watch your language. Look, I can't speak without swearing, and I've only got my grade 10, and I haven't had a cigarette since I've been arrested, and I'm ready to f***ing snap. So I'd like to make a request under the People's Freedom of Choices and Voices Act that I'd be able to smoke and swear in your courtroom. Because if I can't smoke and swear, I'm f***ed. The following programming may contain content that some listeners find offensive. If you are sensitive to foul language or explicit content, please turn your radio the f*** off now.
we are listening um, just to get meta. Little Aaron Reed. And we're going to be listening to the CITR Pop Alliance Volume 3 with Mint Records as we talk to Caitlin and Aaron. Caitlin, I was going to say Caitlin and Aaron Reed, but Caitlin, you are with another fellow that's <laughs> not Aaron Reed. You guys are not married. You don't have the last same last name, which would be awkward. Um, welcome to the Arts Report. I have a sister named Caitlin, though. Oh, so there is a Caitlin Reed. Uh, if, only, uh, if only she were here. Yeah. Oh. Oh, just this old bag she of goes garbage to is here. UBC. Um, is she listening? Hello, Caitlin. Blind Tiger Comedy <laughs> is yes. the that was great. That was great. The bringing together of y'all Sunday service. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to pick favorites, but like just between you and me, probably got me into improv in Vancouver. Like someone brought me to Sunday service at the Cosmic Zoo, and I'm like, I always am recommending it. And then Hip oh, Bang, which I also really enjoy. I've seen a bunch of their stuff at like the Fringe and around town. And you guys are getting together, and you're starting a comedy school, uh, which should have its first classes in early January. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, uh, introduce yourselves a little bit, and the school, and basically do my job for me in general. <laughs> and I will say that we are gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a how to, and we will be taking some questions. So think about your questions, and then I will give you the cue to call, which is 604-822-2487. That is uh, 604-UBC-CITR. Um, but first, tell us a little bit about yourselves in the school. Uh, cool. Well, my name's Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin Howden. Caitlin Howden, not Caitlin Reed. Um, yeah, and we kind of, uh, we've been doing uh, improv in Vancouver. We just, the Sunday service just celebrated its eight-year anniversary. God, you're out. I know, right? So the Sunday Service has been doing weekly shows. Canadian Comedy Award winning. Canadian Comedy Award winning. 2012. Yeah, it was last year. We did not win in 2013. Well, you know, you don't want to take up all the room. Yes, you do. You <laughs> do <laughs> all right, you guys win. are comedians. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been doing improv together uh, for a while. And then we were approached by the guys of Hip Bang, which are Tom Hill and Devin McKenzie, the guys who produce... 10 speed and they do another show called the comedy cloud which happens at china cloud um and they're really great guys they're also part of pump trolley sketch and they UBC were like alumni everybody UBC alum. mm-hmm. yeah. and they uh they said we should start a comedy school because the the vancouver comedy scene is it's starting to blow up and uh and so we did mm-hmm. and we named it blind tiger comedy um and why did you name it blind tiger comedy because it sounded super cool. Because <laughs> all of our other names were really bad. <laughs> Mine were the worst. And, and no, he, come on, you had some great names. Some can I, can we hear some of the rejects? Rejects. Uh, I got obsessed with uh, um, I, I don't know, like fuzz or like I really wanted a real goofy name. Like super I, bad comedy school. Yeah, I wanted like I wanted you to think of like a chuckling pig with a with like a greasy top hat at the back of the comedy club, just like. <laughs> <laughs> vomiting that was what i wanted my that's to get real across. that's well re- real welcoming yeah like, people want to get involved with that type of image <laughs> and i got just really meta i i had a lot of like like um what were some of them oh yeah low brow brow low form low right. bass prov no form. uh one, oh, man. one of them was like lost relative comedy it's so hard to i mean i'm sure that sounds like a, a beat poem yeah <laughs> Uh, you're just saying that because my hands are on my hip and I've got a real <laughs> attitude in the studio. <laughs> so Blind Tiger, now what what is, like, because there, there are some comedy schools in Vancouver and around uh, Canada, etc. Like, Great ones. Mm-hmm. Some really good ones. I know, I mean, Caitlin, you're part of Vancouver Theater Sports, which has some classes. And I know yeah. Taz teaches so stuff around. So is Taz around. and yep. uh, so is Aaron and, and Ryan does shows there too. And yeah. so does Devin. And so what um, makes... Why should people take your class as well as the Vancouver Theatre Sports League, obviously? Um, but what what is different about what you guys are doing? What's uh, what's the premise? El permisio. That's not that's not a language. Well, what we kind of talked about was, um, and what our mandate was going into making the school, was that all of the forms and all of the things that we wanted to teach wanted to eventually end up at comedy. Um, and I think that... In other schools, and I think in other ways of teaching that are more common to this region, um, they lend themselves to either like the basic principles of comedy or maybe a more narrative, uh, sure. um, art, artful in quotations because obviously that's subjective, but like a more narrative or more basic approach. And we're all really interested in content that uh, that kind of like peaks at comedy, and that's in, in like a really 
in like a really important and good way. So mm -hmm. that's that that's kind of like the the core that we're always going to be returning to in our school and how we approach teaching and what we want to do. Do you do different forms or is it all improv? Do you do sketch or what? Oh yeah. So Blind Tiger <coughs> Comedy is going to have a bunch of, the, the, the cool thing about our school too is that there's six of us in this collective that are all running the school. Mm -hmm. So it's myself, Aaron Reed, Ryan Beale, Taz Van Rassel, Tom Hill, and Devin McKenzie. Um, so it's me and a bunch of cool babes, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's going to be bringing their own flavor. So there's going to be, when we first launched the school in January, we're going to have an intro to improv class, which is basically for anyone who wants to come in and like figure out what it is to be funny, how to find out how they can be funny, and how to make something within an ensemble that will be the highest level of comedy that they can make. Um, and then we're also going to have a sketch writing class, we're going to have a long-form improv class, which will focus on different kinds of long-form improv. So um, there's short-form, and then there's long-form. Short-form, short you kind of think of games. You think of whose line is it anyways kind of thing. And then long-form uh, sometimes uh, has a different kind of arc. It's a game in itself, but it's just a maybe like a longer game. Uh, so we're going to have all that. We're also going to have specialty classes. So um, we were talking about... Taz is teaching a workshop, a free workshop for our special launch party, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, what his workshop is called Steal This Workshop, Make Yourself Better. Ryan Beal is going to be offering a workshop like uh, oh, what's um, Acting for Improvisers or Improv for Actors. He'll also, he might be doing a scene study class Well, he's as well. a classically trained actor. UBC alumni as well. He's a pro. Well. <clears throat> he's a pro. I've Ryan had him Beale. on a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there'll be, there'll be specialty classes, and then there's also going to be... Um, full curriculums that you can take. We're basically offering anything and everything having to do with comedy. What if I'm not funny already? Oh can I still come to your <laughs> school? <laughs> she says, and then we all laugh. Of course. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I, I mean, like the abstract eye. I obviously am hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. What I'm drunk. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's totally cool because I think one of the great things about what we're teaching in general, like improv, um, um, which is... Um, that you don't have to and shouldn't rely solely on yourself to be funny. It's about figuring out how to work with other people and finding what is funny about the scene that you're doing. Oh, I have to care about other people? You have to care and you have to listen and you have to provide for other people. And those gifts back and forth will make you funny. Not your own ego, Megan. Aww. <laughs> That's my favorite part is the ego. <laughs> um, okay, so those are some good basics. Yeah. But I think what people really want to get a taste of... Uh, is kind of like what is the content of these courses mm -hmm. so you we were talking a little bit about and you guys have learned a lot uh coming up in the game mm -hmm. i think the comedy game mm -hmm. um which has a is very similar to the rat game in a lot of ways which are obvious and we're not i don't think we really need to go into no. um everybody's wearing thuggies yeah <laughs> it's it's hard out it's you know it's the snuggie for thugs um student outpost <laughs> Thirty nine ninety nine. Get them yeah. now. Get them now. now. Yeah. Kids. First call. First caller to ask a question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm derailing you. Um, and we'll get a, not get a thuggy, but we'll make a joke about getting you a thuggy. <laughs> but I really feel like someone's gonna hold you to that if you make that joke. That's cool. Let's yeah. meet. But you could go to the outpost and you guys could stand and you could look. So first person to call in with a question, um, which you can start doing anytime, 604-822-2487, that's 604-UBC-CITR, can go into the student outpost with Aaron Reed at a time of his choosing that's true. and make fun of thuggies. Or if they're like 20 bucks, I'll buy you one. Okay. Okay. Aaron. That's a promise. That's a lot of money. That's a promise. How about for a also, comedian? Yeah, and if you show up to the studio in a thuggy in the next five seconds, well, you can be the dean of blind tiger comedy. You oh, can, yeah. Can we three, give them two, oh. one? Nope. Oh, that would be an excellent in interview process for new applicants. Yeah, just like show up at the a random place of our choosing in a funny outfit in too. five seconds. In five seconds, it, it, they'd have to be really connected. So, what don't I do as an improv? comedian um what don't i do as a person who wants to be funny give us give us the dish uh well so it's weird when you know like how do you be funny right because it's it's not really about jokes no. i don't know about you but every time i hear a joke i'm like well yeah it's cute but it's not so much funny it's, it's about creating uh uh like aaron said before a game between people and one of the pillars to that is it's like the basic rule of improv is to say yes to, mm -hmm. to things in a scene, you know? To, yes, uh, and? To, yes, very good. Thank you. Um, I you, watched Kids in the Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get it. It's, you know, it's how a lot of people create stuff, is that you start by saying yes, and then you and then the and is, is implying that you build on it. Um, so that's kind of like, that's that's a big, that's a big one. Uh, 
if if you start by saying no, or if you uh, put down people's ideas, then the scene doesn't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna go up there and do a ridiculous thing, um, you gotta be committed and you gotta accept the world that you're in, mm-hmm. or else no one else is gonna believe you, and they're just gonna watch you. They're just gonna watch. You know, a guy who has a day job be a, a wizard of a hot dog castle, and like, it's gonna be no fun because you're just watching someone just like not believe in themselves. You gotta believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess people, it's kind of hard to be vulnerable and like in the moment if people are like, "No, your idea sucks." Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so one of the principles of our school and why we wanted to start a school is, um, if you've ever seen the Sunday service, you see that a lot of what we do is we're just we're just trying to make each other laugh a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And we focus ourselves on having fun and making sure that we are enjoying ourselves because that's also what translates, right? Like, you want to watch people have fun. You want to watch the improvisers work, figure it out because there are no lines. Nothing's been predetermined. And it's funny. It's the, it's the same reason that, I mean, maybe I'm alone here, but I love watching people um, struggle. <laughs> you're, so, you're so sweet, uh, sweet how do you put this I love watching people um, work and be uncomfortable in their own bodies um, and I think that's very funny we can all relate to that to see people f- try and figure things out and that's what we do at the Sunday service we we have fun with each other on stage and you know we, we say and do ridiculous things but we all agree and we've all we're all on the same page and no you know no one's trying to look better than the other person and we just have uh, the best time and uh, that's what we want other people to be able to do, is do what we do, which is kind of, can I say dick? Sure. You know, I played the content play warning. The content warning. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want so people can dick around. <gasps> but, still creating a, but still creating a story, still creating Tap a narrative. Butts. Tap butts. Tap butts. Yeah. One of the courses that we're going to be offering is butt tapping. tapping. Yeah. Good. Touch butts. Everyone uh, just touch butts. What, uh, what is, what is like the... I mean, like, you guys probably had mentors and, like, people who kind of, like, um, gave you advice as now you have to be those mentors. What is, like, one of the pieces of advice, not necessarily comedy related, but, like, that you took into your comedy, like, as you were coming up that, like, you, um, like, influenced you, like, that you're going to pass on to these newbie babies, comedy babies? Oh. That's a cool Do question. Wanna, yeah. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. Um... I would just say that you have to believe, well, kind of kind of what I was saying before, you have to kind of believe in what you're doing and in your um, voice and, and your ideas, um, but also um, be able to work with others and be, be flexible. Mm-hmm. But I'd say in terms of like learning and doing what you want, um, yeah, like whatever you think is the funniest thing. Sometimes it's really weird and other people won't get it, but you just have to keep um, pushing it, which is a weird thing in improv, but pushing and being um, open to flexibility. Um, sometimes when sometimes when I'm watching the Sunday service, like a joke will not go over, mm-hmm. or and not and people are kind of like what, and then you break that fourth wall, and I, I just think uh, those moments. Everyone else may not be funny, but I think it like someone's gonna think it's so funny right. that yeah. it like makes up. It like it's a ratio game, really. Mm-hmm. It's all numbers, really comedy, right? Sure, but that's the coolest Smith. part about it. It's like uh, it's taking a risk, you mm-hmm. know. And that's half of the fun is like, is this thing too like? Often in my mind, I was like, is this thing too ridiculous? Uh, is this too weird? And then you try it out, and if people are on board, you're like, whoa, that's that's crazy. I can't believe people are people are into this. Like you know, dragging. Dragon is eating himself. <laughs> um, it's true though. But then I'm watching you. If I want to see that sketch right now, that dragon eating himself. It's just noise. Okay, so you is guys, it like the pig in the back with it's the tap actually exactly. You like guys the are on the, the radio, and in the corner, there's a dragon eating itself. Oh god! Right. And there's a pig in the top hat in the other corner. <laughs> Jesus. I'll handle this, Caitlin. <laughs> I've created this world. <laughs> I will figure out. I'm they here with you. They yeah, kill each yeah. other. Oh, I'm here to well, justify. That ended quickly. The pig uh, is panicking because he loves the dragon, doesn't want him to kill himself, but the dragon is in a manic frenzy of of aggression and terror, and he kills both. Oh, it's so. a love story, too? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, that's the kind of storytelling that you're going to learn at Blind Tiger Comedy School. <laughs> From me. I can write your ads if you yeah. want. Yeah. Aaron's classes will be, um, they'll be his own. They're very conceptual. Yeah. How to eat classes. a Fig Newton from the inside out. <laughs> How to turn water. 
into more water. <laughs> doing a good job of selling our school it's okay you guys the banter that we had before we went live was really good though don't worry okay oh good 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 um real fresh yeah so okay so you have your thuggy you are at the school yeah um you know you have your open attitude yeah um what kind of what kind of like are you hoping to like make new comedians out of this or what's your plan because what's funny what i find funny is that there's this um there's a great burlesque scene for example Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. vancouver right now and a lot of what the artists have done are kind of like yourself where they've started their own centers and schools and classes and makeup classes because this is the thing they're good at why not get paid even more yeah but now suddenly there's this like huge like all these burlesque dancers some of which are wind up being these amazing professionals um but it is actually created quite the like vibrant and awesome but also very competitive kind Mm, of space where there's like always something going on Mm -hmm. you know um i've i've taught i've taught improv for a few years now and, and the thing that i find interesting is that it's not always people like the people who come and take comedy classes improv classes sketch writing classes whatever it is they're not necessarily professional. They don't want to go and do this as uh, as professional improvisers like <laughs> we are, who make our weird living doing shows. A lot of people who come into these classes too are just like they just want to do this as a fun hobby. They just think you know there's there's it's something to do. It's something other than their job. It's a way to like hang out with people. It's it's a it's their own social club. It's it's something that they love to do as a pastime, but they just don't want to pursue it professionally. Uh, and they bring a really cool um, point of view as well. One of the things um, I'm going to be teaching the sketch class the, in January. And one of the things that I learned from the directors that I worked with, which was um, you have to figure out what your own voice is. So what's your point of view? What do, how do you see the world? And that's what you bring to the stage. And, and that's what's interesting. And that's what people are going to either relate to or not relate to. That, you know, like you said before, it's a numbers game. There's going to be people in the crowd who are like, I totally get that. I love that. I love that sense of humor. Um, so we hope that there's going to be all different kinds of people in the class. Uh, and some of them are going to be the next comedy legend. Oh, good. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. And some of them are going to be really funny accountants who like put on great shows on Tuesday nights. And that's actually a, like one of the different things about Blind Tiger is that there's, there's a lot of performance in our, in our classes. So some schools... Um, you know, all across Canada and North America, it's it's a lot on, like, you do a lot of, like, workshops and you do a lot of class time. But what we're going to be able to do is our home base is at Little Mountain Gallery, mm-hmm. um, which is at Maine and 26th. Mm-hmm. And um, we are offering a lot of stage time to our students. So they're going to get to, like, get up on stage and, like, do shows and bring friends and family in. And, and it's going to be kind of cool because you're not just figuring things out in the classroom, but you're also going to be able to, like, go on stage and put on a live show and figure out if like if what you're doing is actually working <laughs> and if it's not it'll still be entertaining and if it's not it'll else. still be entertaining because there's gonna be you know n- nine other people on stage and and we're gonna hop up on stage with our students too and like mm-hmm. we're gonna be doing shows there's it's not gonna be uh you know uh it's it's not gonna be too fancy or too too much of a hierarchy where like oh well, we won't play with the with the students like no we'll get up on stage like the you know the members of Hip Bang and the Sunday Service are going to hop up on stage two and play around. Like, it's very, it's really try to keep. I feel like trying to keep comedians off the stage would be pretty difficult. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yeah. People, you can get scared. I get scared sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I feel like there's we'll just like be a, there to help. That's good. we are there to give like a boost. You know, if people have never done an improv show before, knowing that we're there to just like help them set up a scene and then we will quietly walk away. You know, yeah. Be there to be there to rescue to you. Support a huh. flotation device. Nice. We're like a pool noodle, a comedy pool noodle for you. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back um, wrapping up with blind tiger comedy uh, representatives, Caitlin Howden, Naren Reed. How come no one called? Um, I don't think anyone's listening. Rosie Petals, I'm calling you now. <laughs> I want to hear a poem. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, uh, tune in for hopefully a poem from Rosie Petals. I think. I wonder if that's. <laughs> That may be the first time someone's asked her to call, so it's pretty sweet. Like, we love we love her poems. Um, we are going to listen to a little Jay Arner. I'll be back in just a minute on CITR 101.9. Hey, Jay. Hi.
And we are back on CITR 101.9. We are wrapping up the Arts Report on Wednesday, December 4th. And um, please stick around because we have uh, UBC Arts On Air is coming up. Um, Janice Stewart um, from the Critical uh, Studies and Sexuality, um, which is kind of... Uh, I listened to the interview and it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, so kind of a big party coming up on december the 13th mm-hmm. for you guys friday the 13th so it's going to be super lucky yeah. which is what you need for improv oh yeah so you're gonna be launching launching that shiz it's our launch party for blind tiger comedy at little mountain gallery on friday december 13th yes we are offering a free workshop which is already sold out so we're not offering it anymore can you sell out a megan, free workshop? megan can you shh please <laughs> um, so we nope. sold out our free workshop that we were offering <laughs> Um, which Taz Van Rassel is going to be bragging. teaching, Megan, and um, <laughs> and then we're going to do a huge party, which big is show, big show. It's going to be a Sunday service and hip bang show, yep. all in one. Five dollars, oh five bucks. That's all it is. A, gets you the show and, and a drink of our choice. Oh, okay. So, what kind of drinks are you going to choose for people? What do you well, think? What's well, the matching policy? Um, well, it's it's more just that like we're just going to give you a drink when you walk in and you have to take it. Oh, okay. What if you don't drink? Oof. Oof. You have then to you drink have to it. Do Kool Aid body shots off my bod. I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> really? Yeah. Actually, yeah. can I? Can you choose to do that instead? Whoa! Oh. My body is a warbly zigzag. I don't there, think anybody wants. <laughs> there was a young lady who I was friends with. For, uh, who used to live here and is now uh, in Toronto. Um, she's an artist, and we'd g- go to the Sunday service together, and she would talk about how she thought you were a piece of sexy candy. Whoa. She liked you a lot. What? That's what I said, but she really liked Quitting it. Quitting the school, <laughs> I'm moving to Toronto, <laughs> breaking up with my girlfriend. <laughs> and you're going to find For this girl. unnamed, undescribed as yet. Don't tell me her name. <laughs> Don't tell me her. what it, she looks he'll like. He'll find her. That's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> well, come to the launch party and come Kool-Aid look at Aaron's body, body for yourself. Yep. I didn't mean to derail this. No, great. Um, about my body. So the doors are at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's five bucks. Mm-hmm. Show's at nine. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a real sweet one hour long show. Easy peasy, in and out. Real fun. Real fun. Uh, we might have a buddy come in because we're also offering a stand up course, right? Like, yep. there's going to be an intro to stand up that you can take at Blind Tiger. It's all on the website, blindtigercomedy.ca. Good plug. Thank well, this you, whole Megan. thing's been a pretty good plug, I yeah. think. Now, um, you guys also are starting a. Now, the rivalry, the intense. Romeo and Juliet style ri- rivalry that happens between improv and stand-up comedy is done. It's historic. Oh you, you're ending it. It's gone. We're ending it. Um, it's been historic thus far, but you're ending it because you are going to be putting together a show at uh, the Emeralds, which is a uh, part of the Rumpus Room Narrow mm-hmm. Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are great. I've done shows there, and it's amazing. Um, Beautiful. And you guys are doing a stand-up series? Yeah. Tell me about that. We have so there's so many great stand-ups in this city. And I think a lot of um, the way that we kind of looked at comedy has been informed by a lot of the great stand-ups in this mm-hmm. city. Um, so we And we've had stand-ups on the Sunday service a lot, and they've kind of played casually a bit, and it's pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to have a show at the Emerald where we get uh, stand-ups to come out of their skin a little bit and play improv with us. Uh, first show, we have Ivan Decker and Graham Clark, who are wow. masterminds yeah. of the craft. Two of the best in the city, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called The Sunday Service Presents, and it'll be the second Tuesday of every month mm-hmm. at the Emerald. Mm-hmm. And it's eight bucks, mm-hmm. and it's going to be really fun. And I think we're all going to get dressed up when we do it. We haven't talked about this, but I just made this executive decision right now <laughs> oh. that we're all going to look nice for well, the show. I have to now, now that I know that my body is good. <laughs> <laughs> i got to showcase it. To the tailors. That's where I'm going after this. <laughs> to the tailors. <laughs> well, you got to get that thuggy fitting right. Oh, yeah. Are you going to wear a Oh, my God. Can you all wear thuggies? Thuggy? I think this will be the most thuggies they've ever sold, including all of history. <laughs> we should see five. if we can, we can ask them to, oh, like, um, make sponsor a... Sponsor you? Yeah, sponsor. Like, Blind Tiger Thuggies. I don't oh understand why no one is called... Does no one out there wants a thuggy? But they're, like... Yeah, we uh, we actually advertised. still... We actually... Um, the... UBC Arts on Air is a short one today, so we still have a few more minutes. We can hang out. 604-822-2487. And you know what? If you um, if you don't want to call, why don't you call? Tell us why you don't want to call. Like, was it something we said? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, I know. See, the thing is, Caitlin did say dick earlier. Ooh. But no, you just said dick. Yeah, but I'm describing. Oh. Like, no one's going to be offended by my description of your offensive, terribly offensive things that you dick. said. It, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> How do you choose? Is there a prototype? 
I know. I, they're all mystical to me, quite frankly. I've never actually seen a real one, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, a lot of you guys are saving it. You and your fiancé are saving it. Oh, I'm married now. Oh, I forgot. Yes, you got I'm married. I'm so married. Oh, my gosh. So you're still saving it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Saving it for the anniversary. I am a woman, after all. <laughs> you got to keep some things. Men, you know. <laughs> they got to keep the virtue under wraps. My virtue. That's quote, unquote. Quote, unquote unquote yeah you can't you see air quotes on the radio but i do them anyway because i <laughs> don't understand my own medium you know megan i'm gonna offer a women in comedy course and i hope you'll <laughs> co-teach it with me and you'll just do a whole week on, on on air quotes yeah when to use them and not when to not use them because you should never not use them you should yeah. always use them it's a great class description <laughs> Get those when up. to never not use air quotes um, it has been a pleasure, as always, to Thanks have you guys so on the show. Yeah, this is fun. Um, and you can actually tweet your questions that you were too nervous because intimidated by these funny, funny folks yeah. oh, to yeah. call in. You can tweet them um, at BT Comedy on the Twitter. And then on the internet, blindtigercomedy.ca, as Caitlin already mentioned. Um, a new home for comedy training performance led by Vancouver Heavyweights, the Sunday Service, and Hip Bang. Getting a little, like, descriptive of yourself there, heavyweights, eh? Jeez. What, have you, like, won a Canadian comedy? Oh, you did. Yeah, man. Chokeholds. More the chokeholds of jokes. Walls of Jericho. Yeah, well, yeah that's true. Laughs. To be fair, you do wrestle on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to talk to you guys about that. Violence. You need to bring the violence down a notch on nope. the Sunday service. Nope. Or up a notch. I hate all of them, actually. Watch, watch the show more carefully. Like, You'll see the deep-rooted hatred in all of us. Little middle ground mm-hmm. is like, you know, you got to take it to an extreme. So I want to see some blood at the next one. Cool. Okay? Okay, deal. Easy. Okay, and on that note, uh, this has been the Arts Report on CITR 101.9. And uh, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's leave you. Um, we got Cement by Pups on uh, from the CITR Pop Alliance 3rd sending us out. Um, thank you to Caitlin Howden and Aaron Reed. Yeah. Um, CITR favorite Aaron Reed. You heard him earlier on the CITR Pop Alliance. <laughs> he didn't want me to play it, but I did anyway because I wanted him to feel uncomfortable. Can I say something? No. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, what is it? Looks so sad. Rosie Petals. You didn't call in. <laughs> Here's my email. R-E-A-D-A-A-R-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S at gmail.com. Let's see the poem. What do you think of me? I was going to say, you know, she's not the only one listening, but I can't guarantee that. (laughs) Even stranger, if she is the only one listening, she didn't call. If anyone's listening and wants to send Aaron a poem. uh... I don't have a job. I have nothing but time. Email me. And that's the Arts Report on CITR 101.9. We're out. out.